Hey everybody, we are Martin, Robert, and Francis, and this is Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head, rent-free. Hey everybody, welcome back to Snakes and Otters. This is going to be, I don't believe it, a milestone for us, episode 10. Amen. Amen, alright, <laughs> episode 10, way to go us. Hallelujah, yeah. So, uh, I'm Martin. I'm Francis. And I'm Robert. So, guys, uh, I want to reach back a little bit here. We, we hinted at this at the end of the last episode, that we wanted to reach back to a few episodes ago uh, when we talked about comic books and the impact on the culture and all that good stuff. Good palate cleanse. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But I thought there was a piece of that that we didn't talk about that would have been fun to go into, especially yeah. for you guys, because... You know, this really hits right in your wheelhouse. But we talked a few of the names, the big names in comic book history. None bigger, of course, than Stan Lee. Right. But there's another guy we talked about, but I don't think we gave him his due, and that's Jack Kirby, the King himself. All um, hail. And I'll just—I've I mentioned this before. Um, I walked out of that first. Thor movie of the MCU mm-hmm. and thought, well, I hope Jack Kirby's family got a huge check mm-hmm. because everything about that first Thor movie was Jack Kirby. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, listeners, if, you, if you're not familiar with Kirby's style of comic book art, the the costuming, mm-hmm. uh, the appearance of Asgard, you know, again, the way the Asgardians look, Loki's helmet with his horns. Yes. The the idea of a tunnel between Asgard and the Earth mm-hmm. uh, from the Bible. That's all Kirby. The Every ra- bit of that the Rainbow is Kirby. Bridge. Absolutely. Yeah, the Rainbow Bridge, yes. the, the the time space tunnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all Kirby. Visually speaking. Visually, yes. Yeah. Anthony Visually. Hopkins. You could have. I mean, you could not have drawn Odin to look any more like Anthony Hopkins if you tried. Even though that's not what Kirby did, he, I mean that <laughs> he was created. Perfect. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's, that does steal in the Thor universe. Stan Lee is taking from and Kirby too. They're both doing this together. They're taking from mythology. They're they're really pulling these details out of there. But the visual look is absolutely all Kirby. Yeah. Stan really doesn't care. He just wants you know. Let's do the Rainbow Bridge thing, and then Jack takes it. Yeah. So, listeners, if you're if you're not familiar with Kirby's artwork, you've got to look it up. It's go to kirbymuseum.org. It's, and that's a good place to start. Yeah, uh, but there's tons of Marvel stuff from the '60s and '70s. Oh my God, this man was so prolific. Prolific, Jack, and it's so unique. That's right. The artwork is unlike anybody else's. That's right. In fact, those there are some that try to copy him even today. Uh, Keith Giffen is a good example. Uh, Steve Rude. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, ultimately, there was only one. And it's all about action. It's 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 motion. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, motion. See, I'm glad you said that because that was exactly what I was going to lead to. If you look at any page that Kirby drew, and this is the way he drew too. This is the phenomenal thing. You would this just start on the upper left corner and just go down the rest of the page, and that's how the action went. Right. Every panel. Leads you in both time and space across the page with motion, especially especially the action ones. You know, right. the action scenes are where you really see this. That's yeah. right. That is his genius. But characters are always in motion mm-hmm. with Kirby. They're always in motion, 
and just always doing something. Yeah, right. J- just to give you listeners, a, a, you know, again, prolific, but just some of the characters he worked on: Captain American, Falcon, mm-hmm. uh, huge Kirby run. Yeah, that was late. Actually, that was his return back to Captain America. Uh, in his, around his third return to Captain America, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Because this, and you're talking about seventy six, yeah, right? seventy six, yeah. seventy six, seventy seven, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. he did Captain America's bicentennial battles, yep, uh, which was done in seventy six, and it was kind of like the beginning of that. It was all original stuff, and basically it says, "Jack, do what you do." He wrote it and drew it and everything. Yeah. Um, so it was a different Kirby. There was a there than was, was before. Yeah, there was a standalone. Standalone uh, Black Panther book that was Kirby. Right. Yes. And this was his return uh, to Marvel in the late that was 70s. 77, 78 yeah, also. Yeah, when he came back. Uh, but uh, the Fantastic Four is a Kirby run. Still his standard uh, yeah. in many respects. That's where he uh, That's where he really... He, granted, he, I don't want to say... I don't want to minimize the fact of his contribution before Fantastic Four because he had been drawing for 15 years yeah. before that. Uh, More than that, over well, well, exactly, but the war kind of interrupted some of that. Well, yeah, I'm basically speaking from the end of the war on. Well, right. even so, though, late 30s. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I think he's still he, doing. I that. think he was. Well, he started in the cartoon shops, right? In the animation shops in the early to mid 30s, so he easily had at least 20 years, right. even if you take the war out. Exactly, and he, uh, but he he's drawing four comics in the 50s constantly. Uh, and most of these are monster comics, things like that. Science fiction. Science fiction, lots of that stuff that going on. Although he does some uh, uh, romance, romance He does romance, too. He and Joe Simon, not only do they create Captain America, they create romance comics. <laughs> because he's so prolific. He does it quickly, and it's good every single time. Uh, it's very unique. He did a ton of war comics. Yeah, absolutely. These were all very, the, very the popular losers. this time. Uh, that's what, I remember. The losers were later. They were talking. To the, I think we're talking the seventies here. 70s uh, well, he he created Sergeant Fury along with Stan Lee. Yeah. Was, oh yeah. It was a huge. Yeah. And he actually did that. Nick he, Fury, he, Agent of Shield. That's a. He that's, started out that. that and was, he did not ink that. At uh, he inked the first uh, the first issue of that. Yeah. And then John Severin came in and inked him for a while. Uh, and he eventually hands that over. Uh, well, eventually it goes to Jim Steranko, yeah. who is a great Kirby copyist. He learns in many ways, if you read some of those great S.H.I.E.L.D. stories early on, especially right after, he's inking Kirby. Steranko's inking Kirby for the first few issues. And that's where I think Steranko really picks up on the action you talked about. Because everybody, everything is in motion. If you read some of those later issues where Steranko's doing Steranko stuff, it's amazing. Nick Fury's reaching over the top of a car and shooting at people. He's jumping in the middle of the air and doing kicks. That's all Kirby influence. Yeah. Yeah, but it just gives you an idea of the the scope and the breadth of the things Kirby worked on, and again, why I feel like so much of the visual absolutely aspect of the MCU, yeah. Kirby's heirs should be getting huge checks from well, they did. From Marvel Studios. They did get a, a, a finally they did get a settlement uh, about ten years ago. I think it was right. Yeah, uh, remember, I think it was right before the movies came out, right. started coming out because they were scared. I think it may have been after the first Iron Man. It was may right, have, it's right, right around, around that time. time. That's right. It may have been before Thor, but it was right around that early time. And they actually put forth a lawsuit saying, you know, wait a minute, we have a stake in the ownership of these characters, and of course Marvel freaked because now all of a sudden we're talking real money. We own our own studios, and it's a hit. Yeah. And you know yeah. you're gonna you know we've got to come into an agreement with you because yeah. we do not want everything it was well, again well deserved the, the, it was well deserved the, and the, the and it was, I tell you this MCU though because he, the breath of these characters yeah. his heirs picked everybody. the right time to bring that suit if they, they didn't done get it, enough uh, that, they got what they could 
But they did not get enough. <laughs> That's correct. There's they no question not. because yes, Kirby it, is yeah. Lee and Kirby were absolutely lightning in a bottle. They worked yes. well together, and they some of the Kirby on his own could never achieve what he and Lee did together. Well, he did. Not the one. I'm hesitant to say could because of well, this. he didn't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, could he have perhaps? Because when he left to go to DC, it was because he was dissatisfied at Marvel. Right. Not just creatively. But also because he didn't have any control, didn't have any ownership, and he couldn't get an actual long-term contract. Right. And it, Kirby was a child of the Depression, okay? So, I mean, he grew and really, even before that, because even in the 20 years, he's Jewish, grew up in some of the toughest neighborhoods. That's right. The you know, thing is basically Jack Kirby. He is. He's, he's creating himself into that and character. And so there's a book called uh, Streetwise. It's a, a compilation of uh, artists who did stories about uh Growing up in, you know, like, gangs and what have you. Kirby's Kirby part of a gang, because he had to be. Yeah, the Yancey Street Gang. That's Kirby. And so, it's his influence. Um, you know, he he wanted stability for his family. Yeah, he needs stability. And he couldn't get that at Marvel, because Martin Goodman was a cheap ass. He really was. Right. I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but, I mean, it, it's... And Goodman was the He was the publisher. publisher. The publisher, that's right, yes. yeah. So, Kirby, when he went to D.C., he had full control... But it, it was at a time when he, he had these grand ideas, but also was coming off this great dissatisfaction. Right. And he was looking to prove something. And he really didn't have to prove anything. Right. But he, for whatever reason, he was. I mean, I, I, mean, I guess it's easy to say in retrospect he was looking to prove something because, you know, Stan Lee, for years, got all the credit. Right. Yeah. That's because Stan Lee was a good huckster. You That's know, right. He promoted yeah. Marvel and himself. Now, he says... You know, you see, you see interviews where he says, and people say that, you know, hey, I talked about Jack. They didn't listen to me. Right. You know, because one of the things that really hurt Jack the most was this radio interview that they did. And uh, all it was was about Stan Lee and how he creates things. Jack wasn't even mentioned. Steve Ditko wasn't mentioned. Don Heck wasn't mentioned. It's all Stan, as if he was doing the writing and the drawing. So that's one of the reasons why Kirby, who, in his mind, he wrote all those books. Yeah, right. and if you look at the margin notes on the actual art, that's right. Kirby or Stan Lee followed a lot of the dialogue that Stan or that Kirby put in. Not all of it, right? This is one of the other uh, things that was breaking point for him. Kirby would draw it a certain way with this dialogue in mind, and Stan Lee would go totally opposite. Doesn't really even fit the images sometimes, right? So when he went there, I think he had this big chip on his shoulder, and for whatever reason, maybe it was because it was the DC characters. Uh, DC Universe that he, he you know it, most of his stuff wasn't really integrated right. with the rest of DC it, absolutely what, and, and what it was really I think it goes back to the Inhumans you remember his creation of those in the Fantastic Four they became his signature piece he worked for a long time to try and get the Inhumans their spot and they was always turned down over and over and over again and that was kind of like his, it's like the Silver Surfer that was his thing he created it. He believed in it. He he thought they should be more preeminent, but they never did. And it was that type of a character, that very odd, weird, almost pulpy character, that he tried to create at DC. Uh, if you think about many of the new gods, that's, right. that's the new the, gods is what he wanted to do in Thor. That's right. But they wouldn't let him. Because honestly, I don't blame them because he he wanted to basically kill off all the old gods, come up with the new gods. Right. As a matter of fact, the first issue of the new gods is killing off the, the old, old gods, gods. That's right, including Odin and Thor. You know, the different version yeah. in the DC universe. So, anyways, he 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 just didn't do as well. 
But I wonder right. if it's because it was the time of his life that he was in that he didn't do as well. Because, like I said, much That's of the dialogue that was on those pages right. Right. is what the story was. And, you know, is it Stan Lee would give him an idea and he would do... Most of the work. That's right, and maybe that's where maybe there's where the the power of the partnership really was. Stan was the idea and the concept man, but he was not the execution man. He wasn't even necessarily the idea and the concept man. Well, I mean, because well, they would talk stuff, right? Yeah, not always. Like something like Galactus, right? That was, hey Jack, why don't they fight God? You know, because we've done all this other stuff. <laughs> well, but then again, that's kind of what I'm talking about here. But I mean, that's the not big a, picture. Stan can plot. do. No, 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 no. It's not no. even a concept. Yeah, but but it's an idea, and perhaps his ideas worked. And, well, I, I don't think they worked without Kirby. Oh, no question. Absolutely, yeah. it is yeah. the ex- it, it is in the that, execution. That gets me to the place that I was hoping to go. Is look, everybody reveres Stanley, but. Stan could suck all the oxygen out of a room. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, he is a good salesman. He is a good huckster. Mm-hmm. He is undoubtedly important and influential. Oh, absolutely. That's right. I mean, so so I'm not I'm not looking to knock Stan no, down no. a peg no, here. No, no, no. But I do want to try to bring Kirby up a peg. It was a partnership to Stan. The because, magic they did again, in the Marvel and in creating the Marvel universe. Neither of them by themselves ever ever achieved that height yeah. again. They did great stuff, fantastic stuff. The mature Kirby is some of the best art you'll see. Some of those things he did at Marvel and DC in the seventies that is spectacular. Yeah, uh, he it, because he's doing it all him. He's inking it himself. And when no, Kirby, no, 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 no. Well, not always, but sometimes. No, uh, Mike Royer did most of the inking. Yeah, but in the seventies, uh, nevertheless. This is some, especially at Marvel. Well, yeah, but at DC he's doing most of his inking himself. I believe. Now I, I may be wrong. So, well. It, it it's it's still it's still Jack. It's it's as pure a Jack as you're gonna get. Well, that's because he's it's he's it's under his total control. That's correct, and I think that's where well, I'm going. Well, except with the this. Superman faces, right? And that's kind of where I'm going with well, this. Well, is DC had Jack to have is, somebody redraw Jack faces. is able to do whatever Jack wants. Yeah, yep. if he has some help, of course. I don't want to minimize the contributions of others, but for whatever reason, they didn't have the magic. Well, I think part of the problem with Kirby in the '70s. Is that because he wanted to go off and do his own thing? Mm-hmm. He wasn't tied into what he and Stanley had built. What really, to a degree, that DC had already built because DC had, you know, they had the big three. Right. They had Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. They right. were the constant from the forties on. Right. And they had a universe that was fairly integrated, not you know with all the crossovers and stuff like Marvel had. You know, they weren't that shared universe to right. the same degree. Uh, as Marvel until later. Yeah, Justice League was about the only exception to that right. for them. But that even was... then, that didn't really impact the individual books. No, not much know? at all. So when Kirby was doing all that great stuff, it wasn't tied into the rest of DC that much. That's right. And when he came back to Marvel, you wouldn't have known that Captain America and uh, Captain America and the Falcon was even part of the rest of the Marvel universe when he's doing it. When right. he's doing it, uh, Machine Man, Devil Dinosaur. Love those books. Machine Man was fun stuff. 2001 was great. Yeah, well, 2001. That's a that's an adaptation. Well, it was, but the actual series itself was pretty much Kirby doing whatever he wanted to with right. concept. Well, and you know, really, what else are you going to do with it? Well, exactly. You know, so and probably there's only so much he could do with that without going off on his own. But he he didn't do a whole lot in the rest of the continuity. But if you look at the 60s, when they were at the height, right, that's what made the books so great. 
That's right. Yeah. That's what makes the Marvel Cinematic Universe so great. It's all tied together. That's correct. Yeah. And that's that's what made that was Marvel's unique contribution to the comic industry was the shared universe. DC played with it but never ever not to the degree never did it ever reach the well, potentiality I mean, DC wouldn't even use the real names of cities right of they made up towns that ever and, and Marvel Metropolis yeah. Gotham that's right you know what was it Star City Star, Star City, City Coast, Coast City, City. <laughs> yeah that's right you Midway know. City Hub City we can keep going <laughs> there's lots of them you know but I I mean I think you're hitting a huge part of this for me again is when if you're not familiar with all this, guys, and you go to an MCU movie, keep in mind what you're seeing. People are telling you it's Stan Lee. What you're seeing is Jack Kirby. Yes, visually. Yeah, what you're seeing. Yeah, you know now, the, the motion, the the that's right. the way the now, characters not all move. Jack Kirby, because I'll tell you this, mm-hmm. um, Ditko. He heavily influenced the Doctor Strange movie. It was all Dick. Kirby. That's correct. When they yeah, went to the Dark you, Dimension, you, you, that was so Kirby. Because Kirby, yeah, because yeah, Kirby was not involved. Right, so Dick, so Dick Kirby was not involved in Doctor Strange. It's one of the few books. Yeah, that would be one of the few that. He's and Spider Man too. Now Spider-Man. he had some. He had some role in the Genesis, but ultimately it was Ditko from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that we kind of forget. Yeah, Kirby didn't yeah, do the, everything. The MCU Spider Man, the Tom Holland Spider Man, is much more. Not even a Ditko. That's that the rubbery. Well, yeah, it's probably more of a Romita. Yeah, I would say that's that's about right. Um, but you know, even Don <coughs> Heck with uh, Iron Man uh, and uh, the Avengers after Kirby leaves, a lot of the characters you see in yeah. Uh, yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe well, are also Don Heck. That's right. Hawkeye is Don Heck. So is Abs- the Black Widow, uh, 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 as well as uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Well, no, no. Uh, Th- those, those are Kirby. That's correct because it was in the X Men first. Yes. but they really came they to came prominence. Their own in prominence under Heck. Under Heck, yeah, yes. with, with the Avengers. Uh, the Vision, John Buscema. Absolutely, there's no question. He is the guy that so, did that. But you know, but still, I mean, Kirby laid out the foundation of all of this stuff, like a, like a visual language for how the director should approach this material. Yes, and, especially action sequences. And the part action of that, sequences are Kirby. That's, oh, that's I mean, correct. It's part of this is playing on the legacy that the fan base knows. It's yes. a language that we get. And we're trying to. Tra- they are trying to translate that known language into a broader audience. And they recognize they have to bring the fans along with that. If you go too far afield, you risk alienating the fans, which is why the television series in the 70s that Stan brought in looked nothing like the comics, and that's why they failed. Because well, the Hulk was very popular. Hulk, well, but Hulk was able it to... It still tra- was not the comic. Not at all, but, but they were able to translate it in a new way that resonated with viewers. Yes. It was, but it was not a superhero. It, it was more of a drama. Yeah, and, and but that was what the seventies needed at the time. It was a walk the earth kung fu. Fusion. Absolutely, yeah, and, it, it, and that's it why that it, it had five seasons. You know, yeah. part part of that is Bill Bixby. Yes, he he was very good at it. It was mostly him. Uh, he was the executive producer, I believe, at the end of it. Yes, and uh, that had a lot to do with it. That you were able to, he was able to sell it well. And so the visuals, you know, Stan is nothing about the visuals because the words only do so much, right? And let's face it, we all know he was over the top. But you know, Kirby by himself was kind of over the top with his words, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just in a different way. Well, yeah. 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 The it, visuals of not just Kirby, but all these other guys, they play so much. Like, if you look at Doctor Strange in the movie, he's so so Ditko. Okay? Yes. And if you and look at very all of this stuff, uh, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe directors have 
done so much to bring the essence of the for the mm-hmm. visuals. Right. Of Black the Panther is an excellent, excellent example because yes. Kirby creates Wakanda. He creates the Black Panther. Now, Stan gets some credit because he wrote the actual book, but everything that we know about the Black Panther, there's a reason that when Kirby came back to Marvel in the late 70s, he did the Black Panther book. He considered that his. Yes. And he wasn't allowed to do the Silver Surfer. That's right. Stan Lee decided that was his. That's right. And that was never an easy thing for them because Kirby really claimed most of the credit for that creation. No, he gets all the credit. But exactly. I'm just saying. When that came back, Lee was literally, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. He had no idea what, what was going on there. Right. Silver Surfer is a creation of Kirby. Now, he was fleshed out by Stan Lee. Of course, exactly. There's, you know. The partnership did have, you know, it was always yeah. a partnership to a certain extent. But it may be 10% 90 sometimes, or even reversed occasionally. I don't know. Uh, In the latter stages, it was probably more so Stan Lee, because there's a point about two, three years before the end of his time at Marvel, he stopped creating new characters. Right. Well, he, he thought he had maxed out what they could do. No. No? He wasn't giving Marvel any more new stuff. That's what it oh, was. Oh, you mean Kirby? Yes, Kirby. Oh, I thought you were talking Stan. No, see, that's the thing. Stan didn't do a whole lot of individual character creation. Right. And this, that kind of stopped at a certain point. So, Well, I mean, no, ever. I mean, like, even the X-Men, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the Avengers, it doesn't matter. You know, a lot of that stuff, um, there's a lot to, yes, okay, we're going to do, you know, certain things. This is the, the concept. Um, but because it's a visual medium... Right, you know, there's only so much that that Lee does. I mean, I think I think more, and again, this is not a slam against him. I think he's, he's better at the fleshing out of the character, right? Giving it the angst and the drama. That's yeah, the, that's oh, yeah, very yeah. much Lee. That that's is correct. Stan. But but yeah, that's character. But, but that's not visual. But the design, the look, right? Um, well, X Men is a great example because they were created as a group. They look like a group. They yes. wear the same uniforms for goodness sakes. Whereas the Avengers was really almost meant as a dumping ground. We've got these characters that don't sustain, that well, may that not was sustain. Directly the Justice League. That's correct. Them. They're saying we've got all these characters that have to be in a shared universe more more tightly than we're doing with crossovers, which was not much. And also, they've got the character of the Hulk that that couldn't sustain his own book. That's why they brought him in at first, and then they kind of decided, well, maybe not. Because the way they write that character almost as a force of nature at the time... Well, no, does, you know, that's the funny thing. Well. He was far more intelligent that that's first correct. couple of years. Right. But I think they realized that sells better when he's the green monster that's beating things up. I don't know. I don't know if that's... Uh, that just may be a uh, more confirmation bias. That's right. Uh, because he's a monster. That's correct. And uh, yeah, Stan wrote most of those, did he not? Uh You'll remember Tales to Astonish when the Hulk comes back as in his own book. Um, Herb Trimpey was drawing it, not okay, at first. No, Trimpey is doing it. I think it's Roy Thomas. Okay, there's, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, you're right. Exactly right. Who is basically Stan Junior in many ways? But before that, when he's in Tales to Astonish, I think it is Stan because I think that's too early, right, to be Roy Thomas. I think so too. That's why I might be Larry Lieber, his brother. His brother. That's possible. He's the I, other major writer because he was really those were the only two. And Larry Lieber only got work because he was Stan's brother. Right. Matter of fact, Larry Lieber, 
Uh, he was also an artist at times. Right. Well, he does one, a lot of the early work on Thor. Absolutely. It's not Kirby from from the first issue on to the end. That's right. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that until you start looking at the credits. Right. But Be- still, Kirby did the look. He, he, Larry Lieber did, didn't, look, that book. didn't look that different from no, Kirby. No, Kir- because uh, uh, Thor was not the big muscle-bound guy that we think of now initially. Um, that's Kirby, absolutely. And the entire Asgardian pantheon that is brought in, that's, that's Kirby. Kirby. That's when you a- see that, it's Kirby. And yeah. that, I think, is possibly the watershed moments we're looking for when Kirby decides he can actually do it his way. He's able... Fantastic Four has some of that, where he's able to branch out, but he's creating characters within the Fantastic Four. Oh, yes. And the whole- From the 30s through the 50s... Mm-hmm. It's the greatest explosion, really even to the, in some of the 60s, is the greatest explosion of characters at Marvel ever. That's right. So many greats come out of that two-year run of the Fantastic Four. It is phenomenal. That's right. Yeah. That's Absolutely phenomenal. It's unequaled. Right. Unequaled. Yeah, we're talking the 30s and 40s of the issues of the book, yes, not yes. the not the years, not the decades. That's <laughs> uh, right. Well, Black Panther is a good example. The Inhumans, Inhumans. are a good example. Uh, so many of the characters that we've seen in the Marvel universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Kree. That's yes. the Century. That's, that's a that's a yes. it's, it's a fantastic well. Kirby, for Kirby uh, creation. Wakanda, all these things that uh, this, there's so much fertile ground yeah. that we've taken here. And most of it, not all of it, but most of it is Kirby. So, right, because you know, movies like comic books are a visual medium. Correct. And so uh, that's why they get it right. Stress. It's there. It's the way the characters look. Yes. It's uh, again the costume. Iron Man aside, because they they did yeah. a modern version of that. Yeah. Right. But it's still that red and gold look. That's great. Although they, that was a that was a Ditko thing. It was, yeah, but, but that's okay. The, the, no, I'm just saying, it, you know, the, that one wasn't Kirby. Yeah, the costuming of the Asgardians, but also, again, the way characters move mm-hmm. in the film. Endgame is a great example of this. Yes. The final fight with Thor and Cap and Thanos. Uh-huh. That is so Kirby. Yeah. Cap picking up the hammer, which uh-huh. to me is the greatest moment that's in correct. the entire Cinematic universe that they have created, and they brilliantly laid. Everybody was waiting for it, right? You know, when he first nudged it in the in the one Avengers movie, yeah, and Thor had that worried look on his face, right? And you and you say, did he? Did he not? What's going on here? And then you know, realize he decided not to. You know, had because he just casually, not casually, but he just picks it up. Not was a hmm. I wonder if I can. No, no, it was he he knows he can. That's correct. And that fight, the way it was choreographed, well, it's it was so Kirby. And they nailed the yeah. character so effectively, and that's yes. one of the reasons that this works so well. Yeah. And, and you speak of Age of Ultron, it was very, very Kirby. Uh, not just Kirby, but uh, a lot of Busima too, because the fight scene at the end where they're all fighting against Ultron. Yes, around the whole Around scene, the whole thing. That was one of the best fight scenes I've ever that's seen correct. in a movie. That's, up until Endgame. That's right, and that's, that's very Kirby. Yeah. That's very. We're going to show all this stuff in one. It's not just Kirby. Jim Steranko is famous for those great big things like that, and I think it steals a lot from John Buscema, who was drawing Avengers during the time yes. the Vision was created, and you expanded the roster a lot. I'm thinking of the time where the Avengers fought the X Men. Yes, in there, there's a lot of that going on yeah. in there. That might have still been Heck. No, this is this is a little bit later. It's, oh, it's this, a, okay. Yes, I know the time a, you're talking. Yeah, about. it's yes. the crossover between the X Men book. Which was not drawn by Neil Adams at the time. I forget who uh, was Werner doing. Roth. There you go. And it uh, uh, Marvel Triple Action did a really nice reprint where yes. they inserted that in there. And it was it was brilliant. It was some of the best stuff that was ever done. And I don't remember who it was that was inking Busem at the time. 
but it it was a yeah, I'd have to look that one. It's up. a beautiful palette, and I'm and I saw that in that layout. Yeah, that yeah. that's a it's yeah. Again, for for those of you, if you're not if you're just going to these MCU movies because everybody else is, and you're not huge into the 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 source material, you've got to go look at. Kirby artwork. That's like right. You talk it's about, it's the visual and, that you, and, you should and go for. Now understand what you're seeing. Again, it, it's more than just the costumes. It, it it's the action. It's even some of the ideas of again the rainbow bridge and the tunnels between worlds. All that stuff, that's all Kirby stuff. Right. It's all his creativity, all right. his imagination. And you know they have done their best to translate that color palette from the comic books into the Marvel yeah. universe. Uh, the gone are the days when, in the first X Men movie, when Wolverine says, "You know, what am I wearing this for?" He says, "What do you want, yellow spandex?" Which is kind of like in your face on that. But Marvel says, "No, we can do this sort of thing, and we can do it." Right, such it's a- not garish, not at all. Because I mean, there are still a lot it's very of natural. comic costumes that are not going to look good on the big screen. That's right. That yellow costume of Wolverine's yeah. would look stupid on uh, the big absolutely. screen. Absolutely, would never wear. Well, Scar- absolutely. Scarlet Witch is a great example. Don't yes you wish? No. Don't you wish? Yes, you know I that. do. Yes, I we do. All wish this, but, but I think that well, I she's she's good for who she is, and she does a great job with the character. But yeah, that's not she's not my first choice. Well, they've used her a lot, look. and well, I like yes. that. And I think that's... Well, she was very young initially, so exactly. that so that that play, I mean, you know, in the in the comics, so that that plays yeah. right. But she does she does a great job. Uh, yeah, the, to me, Elizabeth I guess the problem Olsen. with her is that there's not enough of an homage at all to her character. Uh, in the in the comics, you know, visually, in game changed. Like- helped a lot with that, though. I thought their use of the Scarlet Witch in Endgame was probably the best. They they used her very well up to this point. Yes, but that was amazing. They brought her in as she is probably the most badass of all. If she's given the opportunity to to evolve if they would to that point, her powers like they do in the comic. Yeah. yes, that's great. And it, we got a we got a seeming of that during Endgame. Uh, whereas she's come a long way from Age of Ultron, where she is basically gun shy, and Hawkeye talks her out. I tell you what, though, as much as I would wish she had better visuals, that scene where she comes out of that uh, uh, hidey hole—that's right—and her swings her hands around. That was an excellent cinematography, great yeah, it, storytelling. Well, and, that was yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen deserves a lot of credit for that because <clears throat> just the hand gesture she does could have been garish and could have been ridiculous, and they are brilliant. And I don't know how much of that is Joss Whedon's direction, but wow, she it was pulls good. it off. She pulls it off. Yeah. That's right. She deserves credit for that. Yeah. Do you think they're heading towards maybe a standalone for that character? I well, don't know. Well, she, she, I don't know. If she's she, got she, the gravitas. She and Paul Bettany are going to be doing a, a TV series. Oh, that's right. That's they are correct. doing a Vision and Scarlet Witch. Vision Scarlet Witch, uh, and, and uh, we're still not sure exactly what it's going to look like. They had great chemistry. They did. And yeah, Paul Bettany. How, really how they pulled that off, because that is a fanboy's dream. Because if you look back into the Avengers, they do get together. I didn't think you could pull that off with an with an android and a person. But they nail it. They absolutely nail it. And I don't I don't know how, if it was deliberate. I mean, obviously it was deliberate. But how they well, were able to pull it off in such a com- completely believable fashion. That's one of those things that is what makes... The Marvel Cinematic Universe so great. Yes. Because it is one of those things that gives a little nod to what's in the comics without having to be slavish to it. Correct. And they don't disrespect it. That's right. Unlike what has... It felt very natural. Yes. Well, that's right, because the 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 writings that it's taken from were good to begin with. And they recognize, you know, there's good here. We have to adapt a little bit, but we're never going to disrespect the source material. And that's the problem with 
the DC movies and with the X-Men movies. Yes. They do not give enough respect to the source material. Yeah, Dark Phoenix was an absolute disaster. I see, I disagree. Uh, c- critically. Uh, critically. Correct. I enjoyed the hell out of the movie because I thought they finally did the, X- uh, the Dark Phoenix story close enough to the original material... And I thought they gave some nods to the original material pretty well. My only complaint was I would have liked to have seen the Phoenix effect earlier in the movie. Yeah. That was my only complaint about it because I tried to enjoy it for what it was. Right. But I had very low low bar to be hurdled because the first time they did this story was in the third X-Men movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucked. You didn't even know it was Dark Phoenix unless you were a fan. Right. And And everybody hated it. In other words, they disrespected the source material. Disrespected the source material. Batman. Superman. They yeah. disrespect the source material. Right. Superman especially. He could have saved his father. Absolutely. That that make, that to me, that's Zach's... I, I lay a lot of the failure at Zack Snyder's feet. He, yeah. He, well, he, yeah, we hit that. We've hit that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that... Only and, Wonder Woman got it right. Well, and that's a... It was Zack Snyder. But I think DC deserves, the, deserves really the blame because they... You can get away with having him have his vision once and it didn't go as well as it should... The criticism that was laid on Man of Steel was very clear. That's when they should have said, "Exactly, you know, let's let's we're going to go in a different direction." Because DC's not afraid to do that; they do that no. shit all the time. Yeah, but for whatever reason, they didn't. They thought, "Well, let's he can he's got grit, gritty down and dark and angsty," <laughs> uh, because we want to reproduce the the Nolan trilogy. You don't need that. You don't want that. No, and you know, it's honestly, done. the. DC universe is bigger than that. And the interesting thing is, Kirby has a lot to do with the the Justice League. uh, That's correct. Because, uh, you know, the whole Steppenwolf and all of that, that's Kirby. Absolutely. That's new gods. That's new gods. That's right. Darkseid, which was supposed to be the ultimate big bad, DC didn't have that until Kirby brought it. He created it. It didn't have a big bad. enough, Marvel has Darkseid. Because Thanos is the Marvel version of no, Darkseid. That's right. And that's Jim Starlin. That's Jim Starlin, yeah. yeah. But the ironic thing is, Marvel does him better. That's right. Absolutely. Which is very sad. Yeah, because <laughs> you, need, you need a big bad. You do. And uh, that's, I mean, uh, in the absence of my favorite villain, Doctor Doom, Victor Von Doom, who still Kirby. is, that's right, absolutely, still is the gold standard. That's yes. what he's called. Uh, and uh, it, if they get him right, him and Richards, that relationship right, They'll do a good Fantastic Four movie. Until they can get him right, it's not going to happen. So, guys, I think we achieved what I was hoping for here. Yes, we, because we're past we, time. Yeah, we're, we... Oh, man. We, 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 we go for hours on this one. Yeah, man. We, we gave Kirby his just due here. I'd like to think so. Uh, without, I don't think... We, we didn't knock Stan down a peg. No, no. Stan, Stan, I tell you what. There is a huge thing in the face, Facebook groups and other places on the internet. You know, the pro Kirby groups and the pro Stanley groups and you can't get you can't let the two of them mix no because it is it's it's like modern politics right. <laughs> I'm serious they don't they cannot conceive of the two living together side by side in harmony yeah. right and yet that's yeah. when they were the best exactly yeah, you know great things often have more than one uh, parent well yes. as, as as Trevor Slattery says in Iron Man 3 hey hey it's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated. But, oh, and a nice speedboat, too. But, again, Sorry. listeners, Sorry. If, if you're not into this source material, what was that website? Uh, KirbyMuseum.org, I believe it is. You've got to go there. You've got to see the art. Again, as a, as a young kid, I was like, 
don't even like that. I don't it's get this. different. It's, it's so very different. different. It's so unusual. But once you really get but, to paying attention and you look at the detail and you say, wait a minute. Yeah, as, at, flow. At the flow. You look at the story. Yeah, as a concept. It, and the originality. Well, see, that's the thing. Younger people are not going to see the originality. They're going to have a harder time with it. Well, that's correct. Because, because none of it's new to them. That's yeah. right. Because it has become the standard now. Yeah. But here's, you know, what's, what's the, I don't know much about art, but I know what I like. It's yeah. a por- pornography is usually what that yeah. means. I don't know what pornography <laughs> is, but I know when I see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm a Van Gogh guy. Love Van Gogh. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, what Van Gogh does is capture motion. When you see a Van Gogh painting, what you're seeing is not trees and grass. You're seeing what the wind does to trees and grass. Yes. It captures it like no one else. That's right. Starry Night is a great example of that. Yes. Um, the Doctor Who episode. Uh, Amy and the Doctor. Yep. Yes. Uh, or uh, Amy, uh, Vincent and the Doctor. I mean. Right. Uh, it is where they go and they visit Vincent Van Gogh. Right. And at the end, they're lying on a hill and he's looking up. He's explaining what he sees, and you see the sky come alive like starry yes. night. And that was that was I thought it was great because it really captured the essence of what Van Gogh was. Yeah. yeah, it's all about the 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 forces and the motion in play in, in the picture that in, you're in a seeing. static picture. Yeah, ultimately. For me, that's Kirby you, you, with comic books. You insert that, dynamism the, in the by what is by definition static. Yeah, that that movement and it's the in irony this, of the, the energy. The yeah, possibility this, of the two little living two by together, two frame in four colors or three colors or whatever, but there's this energy, dynamism, movement. It, it's pretty tremendous stuff. And it again, is. the the whole MCU, the look, and a lot of the the imagination and the idea of Wakanda and Asgard. That again, all, all of that stuff all is from de- the sixties. Every bit, even Captain yeah. Marvel. Yes. Is rooted in the 60s because yes. the original Marvel version of Captain Marvel uh, was a Gene Colan Stan Lee, mm-hmm. and that was done in the very late 60s, I think 67, yeah, when it, first premiered. It was the first of the new books they put out. Yes. Because we, we figured yeah. this out not that long ago. That yes. They did. They reached a point where they're kind of, I guess you would reach saturation with new stuff. They wouldn't add new books for they a while. Couldn't. They couldn't. That's correct. And one of the few that came out was Captain Marvel. Part of it was to take the trademark. Yes. But ultimately, it was a very different, although the Marvel Universe does show it because the costumes that Carol Danvers has as a Kree warrior and yon Rog and all the rest of them as warriors, that is an homage to that original costume that was created. Some of it is, uh, but a it, good deal of it is also uh, an homage to the second costume that's that Marvel wore. It is a blur. It is an uh, attempt because... Her costume, when it becomes the red and blue... Uh, it's very much the modern Correct. costume, but that also is an homage back to the original costume that she wore as Ms. Marvel. <coughs> right. So, it's, it, as we said before several times, it's complicated. It's yeah. complicated. But it's just, I, I want to stress that to people that there's a source for all of that stuff, and it's Kirby. Go back to it, take a look, and, it's and, Kirby, and it's appreciate Tico, it. It's Heck. Yeah, appreciate it. It's more Cole, than just Stanley. Romita. Romita Severin. Than just Stanley. So, yeah. Well, guys, yeah, I mean, we really... We're running a little bit late. We thwacked that one pretty good, too. I love it. I love it. I, love I could it. I go on it. and on about that. Amen. Yeah. That's right. Hey, we so, were mostly talking only the 60s. We have 70s. <laughs> There's lots so, of other stuff to talk about. Thanks for being with us here every week at Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Be sure to spread the word on your social media accounts. Follow us and retweet us. We are on Instagram and on Twitter at Snakes and Otters. 
Let your friends know that they can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just search Snakes and Otters Podcast to find us, and please remember to leave us your comments and reviews. It helps people find us. And you can always send us an email at snakesandotterspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Catch us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.